Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC. Kestra IS, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC. Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Capital Advisory Group, Inc. is not affiliated with Kestra IS or Kestra AS. Neither Kestra IS nor Kestra AS provide legal or tax advice and are not certified public accounting firms. You work hard for your money. For the next hour, you're going to learn how to keep what's yours. Capital Advisory Group presents Keep What's Yours. Here are Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Hello and welcome to Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. I'm Josh Gilbert sitting here with Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and well, you're, well, thanks for having me because uh, you're the one that really keys us in on all these things that we need to know about our taxes, about our finances. What's the future going to hold for us? We don't know, but we can predict with almost uh, perfect certainty that there will be taxes yes. to pay. I, that's almost a guarantee. Almost a guarantee. <laughs> Death and taxes, they go yes, hand in hand. Hand in hand, yes. The two uh, perfect guarantees in life. But you don't necessarily have to pay all the taxes that you've been paying or that you think you might be owing in the future. There are ways to get around the tax laws, or I guess in, in a better sense of it would be would be to utilize tax utilize, laws. Utilize, exactly. That's the better, better way. You're not Use, getting around. You're not. You know, correct. Uh, and that that's kind of what we do on the show. We, we draw the line and say, you know, this is why you can, you know, declare your home office and this mm -hmm. is why you can't, which exactly. is something that we'll get into in just a second. But there are certain tax laws that are out there that are beneficial to us that we might not be using just simply because we don't know about them. Exactly. And the only reason we do get to know about them is because we sit down with a tax professional like Jeff or we listen to the show here on the weekends, keep what's yours, allowing us to keep more of our money in our pockets, on our paychecks, in our 401ks, rather than going out to the federal government in the form of taxes. Exactly. Legally, legally reduce. You legally <laughs> reduce your tax burden, you know, and there, there was that one guy, you remember his name, he stood up there at the debates and he said, why would I pay more taxes <laughs> than I legally have to? Yes. And say what you will about the politics or whatever about it. I love paying taxes. I'm I'm one, probably the only American that says I am fine paying love taxes. Love paying taxes. <laughs> but I don't want to pay any more than I absolutely have to. Than you're legally obligated to. I mean, if he found a tax loophole, then let's close that loophole. Exactly. You know, and that's, you know, it's 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 a game. It's, it's a game yes, it that is. gets played. And, you know, it's not really fair to individuals like myself because I don't know the rules. Exactly. Exactly. I There's haven't read the rule book because it's it's the seven book Bibles. Is pretty boring to read. <laughs> it's, it's the tax code. Yes. Seven Bibles worth of information in this thing, and what? There's like three or four pages that might actually yeah, actually pertain. apply to the average individual. Exactly. So it's just tough for someone like me and and for the listeners probably to to get a handle on what all we could be taking advantage of. So we need somebody on our side and in our corner, and that's Jeff. Yes. He sits down with our tax information, you know, a couple of years of tax returns, paycheck stubs. Um, oh, any any brokerage statements, um, 
and then we can take it and go from there. I mean, then October is financial planning month, um, which is coming right around the corner. Well, that's like perfect. Tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> it's here. Um, so, again, uh, the question is how many people have a written financial plan? Who and, and if you had one created for you in the past, have you ever dusted it off and looked at it and said, hey, I'm supposed to be doing this or that? Um, so that's that's the, the process of this tax planning. Um, tax planning, tax strategy fall into the, the financial planning arena. I mean, it all goes hand in hand. Everything that you do in your financial life will end up on a tax return and vice versa. So at least be, be aware, prepare for it. And there are uh, people that that are out there that the people might go to. I don't know if you call them money people or retirement people, who just kind of focus on the accumulation phase. Exactly. Yeah. And, and they, and you know, that's they're they're good at what they do. Let's make money. Yeah. But, but the the trick is is what is your net effect after taxes um, as you go forward. And there's a, uh, I heard someone say, a false sense of security when you look at what's in your 401k or you look what's in your retirement account and you see that big number there. Yes. Let's just say it's a one with six zeros behind it. Yes, that's, that's perfect. That, I would love that. That's <laughs> the goal. But you're not counting all the taxes. Yes. That have yet to be paid. So really of that million dollar account, you technically, depends on what state you live in, but here in Missouri, probably 700 of it might be yours, mm-hmm. high 680s. Um, the rest goes to tax. If you cash it out all at one time, that'd be huge. Um, again, you're going to take it in income stream over time, and that's the game that we play, and this ties into October as Financial Planning Month, is most people, when they sit down with us, will put a tax plan into place. But what they see is in their late 60s and their early 70s, all of a sudden the tax plan goes crazy because you have Social Security that's paid to you and then your required minimum distributions show up and poof, the two create a tax time bomb. And there's a lot of people out there that say, you know, we did really well. I I don't need to take any of this money out if I don't want to. But the federal government has come along with required minimum Mm -hmm. distributions. And they said, we don't care if you need this money. We we want our taxes. <laughs> we as the government need our money because yep. it'll just sit in our accounts waiting to get taxed until we take it out. But if we sat on it till we were 80, 90, yeah. then the government isn't getting their tax money. Exactly. They'll get it all eventually when yeah. we pass away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, they they want it today Yeah. because there's bills to pay today. Exactly. So they kind of tacked that on there and – they gave us this beautiful gift of uh, of uh, pre-tax 401k. Yes. Yes. And, and, and they so, allow us to utilize it. Exactly. And the concept, what a lot of people forget, is we either see the extremes. And the extremes are, I'm not going to put money. Younger people are saying, I'm not going to put money in my pre-tax because I know I'm going to pay tax at a later date. And over time, the tax brackets will go up. I, get, I agree 100%. And then we see older people, they're like, man, I packed all this money away all pre-tax. But then they have issues at retirement because everything is taxable that comes out. There is a happy medium somewhere in between there. And the concept is figure out what your expected retirement date is. And if you are literally at a 24% tax bracket today and you pre-tax money and you know that, hey, when I retire, if you build a plan and look at it, you could say, hey, I'm going to fall into the 12% tax bracket when I retire because I don't need as much money. Still need money, don't get me wrong, and you probably need more than what you think. 
But the concept would be to pre-tax it at 24. You'd save 24% tax putting the money in. You retire. You're going to take it out. You're going to take it out at a 12% bracket. So you've saved 50% in taxation. And that is how the game is played. Yeah. And if you are putting money away into a pre-tax 401k, you know that you are making a deal with the federal government. I will pay you later. Yes, that's so all it is. <laughs> you have to know yeah. that later is going to come. It, it, yes. What is your plan? And the concept, what we try to build in plans is, hey, when you retire and you're, you have a lot of money in pre-tax, does it make sense? Does it make mathematical tax sense to do a conversion to a Roth IRA? And in some cases it does. In other cases it makes zero sense to do that. Um, and we've even had people that came in and said, hey, my advisor wants me to start converting to a Roth. Um, theory sounds perfectly fine, but when you do the math and you do the tax return, it doesn't help. Yeah. Because they don't have the time to capture the tax hit that they're taking on that money prior to required minimum distribution age. And that's one of the best things about Jeff, Capital Advisory Group, capitaladvisorygrp.com, if you want to check him out online. Senior tax strategist and wealth advisor. He could be your money guy and your tax guy all at the same visit. Yes. <laughs> and that, I mean, that works out perfectly for us because we're not talking to the money guy and then going back to the tax guy and say, well, the money guy said this. It, you know? And we see that a lot too. Um, we see people where they're like, oh, and they start to get into some technical calculations and they're like, oh, consult your tax advisor. It kind of, you know, and then they have to and come back to us. And then Jeff spins around in his chair and he's high <laughs> your tax advisor. Yeah, but most of them, they come to us, they bring all this data, and then we got to get crunch the numbers and get into it. And it's like, why just do it all in one spot and take care of it? Yeah. So, yeah. When you start talking about the taxes, you should get one of those those green hats. Yeah, little see-through green visors. Yeah, yeah. and with the old <laughs> counting adding machine. No, that, I get a lot of people that give me trouble because I won't take the little – the the adding machines with the paper rolls in it and all that stuff yeah i just refuse to do that i don't like my father did that for a million years he could look at it he could be blind and he could still add stuff up and come up with the right numbers i refuse to do that yeah <laughs> well the technology's here but yeah um it is it is a, a i do like those green visors yeah they are pretty sharp mm-hmm. <laughs> um and uh it's it's just one of those things where you have to make a plan because You've made this agreement with the government to pay them their taxes at a later date, and that date's going to come probably quicker than you realize. Exactly. It. Be here faster than you think. And probably when you're when you're ready to deal with it, chances are, you know, you sit down with somebody and they're going to say, "Well, you would have been better off if you if you had thought about this five years ago." Exactly. And and the concept would be maybe if you're in your fifties, you back off your pre-tax. I mean, again, it, it's it's a mathematical calculation, and math always wins. Um, maybe you back off your pre-tax and you do the balance in a Roth and then you kind of roll a couple years out and that's, that's where that plan comes into place. It'll actually show you exactly what you should do. Yeah. Um, it's cause it's, it's all math, it's yeah. all math and it's never too early to, to look at the numbers and, uh, you go and see Jeff at tax time on April 15th, but then you also show up in the summer exactly. and just have a check in and just always make sure are we still doing on track the right thing yeah does the numbers do the numbers still work out in our favor and if they don't then you switch things up a little bit and you you head on and and readjust readjust. so we're going to talk today about um taking cash out of your 401k uh 
what are the hits for that? Can you take a loan? What should you take a loan for? What shouldn't you take a loan for? <laughs> and my big question is, if you go bankrupt, file for bankruptcy, can the government take your 401k? That would be pretty scary, but we'll get into all of that. First, though, I want to mention, because we just brought it up, the home office thing. Yes. A lot of people coming to Jeff saying, hey, I work from home in my home office. Mm-hmm. Why can't I, you know, deduct, uh, you know, my, my computer? Or they, well, they don't, they don't say it. Or my but chair. They, but they put it on their, what we call an organizer. So when we do tax returns. Oh, they s- don't say it, They just sneak We it send there. an organizer out. Yeah. And there is a little section. And it only applies to finite people where you can take those deductions. And then they fill, the you know, average person fills it in, anybody that works from home. And their theory is, hey, I work from home. Why can't I take the home office deduction? And the problem is you can't. <laughs> they changed the law in 2019. Um, used to be able to take some miscellaneous deductions and write it off on Schedule A, but that's long gone. Mm-hmm. So the only way that you really can take a home office deduction is if you have a home-based business. So if you created a, a sole proprietorship, uh, LLC, partnerships, even out to S-Corps and corporations, and you you run it from your home, then you get a home office deduction. And the home office deduction is basically you take the square footage of your house, total square footage, and then the square footage of your office. So the example would be um, you have a 1,000-square-foot house, and you have a 10-by-10 10 10 office that's 100 square feet. That's 10%. Okay? So then you would collect all of your utilities, any maintenance to the house, and you'd write off 10% of all that stuff. Um, what if I um, put my home office in my living room, which um, happens to be the biggest room in the house? <laughs> or some people are like, well, hey, I use the whole basement. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You want it, you want it reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, again, some of, the, some of the guidelines on a tax deduction says it is a, a normal or a reasonable expense. And to say, hey, I have the entire basement. Now, yes. Um, let's say you're a manufacturer. Um, and you haven't quite gotten out of the garage just yet, and you're still using your basement, and you have stuff stacked sky high for storage, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's reasonable. Um, but if you're uh, an accountant and you have a 1,000-square-foot house and you have a 900-square-foot office, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not going to work. Yeah. Um, and, again, you're opening the door when you do crazy stuff like that. You're opening the door for the IRS to come and audit you. And when they do, it may be a finite, you know, 2% of Americans get audited currently. Um, but if your number's drawn and you have crazy numbers like that, they're going to disallow it. They're going to throw it out. Yeah. Guarantee it. So, Well, that's one of the things that people keep asking Jeff about. And here, I'll give you an example. My wife works from home quite a bit these days. Yes. And uh, it's on carpet. So we bought mm-hmm. one of those kind of glass hard uh mats yes. underneath her chair, chair yeah. so she can roll around a little <laughs> bit we can't write that off no you cannot all right so yeah. everybody's trying to think well i work from home exactly. and i had to buy a new chair and i had to buy one of those glass now, rolly things now here's here's your twist you have your llc mm-hmm. she's a member of it so how much administrative work does she do from your home office well now we're talking here see now <laughs> we're talking here so there a moral of the story what you probably think you can write off, you can't. But what you never thought about, exactly, you probably can. can. And, and, that's and that's the whole concept. So, yes, you couldn't write off the full amount because she does work there for 40-hour jobs. She's sitting there. But I'm sure she probably puts a good 10 to 20 hours in 
just working on the LLC stuff, making sure everything's doing what it's doing. Yep, we got a, we got a, a little business on the side mm-hmm. uh, just to make a little extra money. So we're gonna have to start adding up my wife's. I'm gonna have to ask her to, to start submitting a <laughs> start a timesheet. Timesheets, yeah, so we can give it to Jeff. And at the end of the year, maybe Josh, Josh will be absent next week because he's in the hospital. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and I'll say, you know what, honey, why don't you take a, a couple vacation days? <laughs> Uh, but that's th- that's the point. The things that we think we can deduct, we probably can't. But the things that we've never even heard of, we can. And yes. we can't take these deductions if we don't even know they exist. That's why you get Jeff on your side. Exactly. 636-394-5524. 636-394-5524. I think we backed right into a beautiful analogy. Yes. You, know, you show up to the office. And you say, here, I want to I want to deduct my rolly thing for my chair. And you're like, no, but you've got an LLC. Here's an even better deduction. Exactly. You know, we're exactly. going to let you keep $1,000 rather than just try to write off that $60 exactly. floor mat. And, so. again, the, the theory is if you go online, you'll hear people that say, oh, create an LLC, and you could write off everything that you want in your house. Again, at the end of the day, they're not signing your tax return. That's a, a kind of an issue. Um, two, you can't do that. And I say you can't do it because it's all over Instagram. It's all over. I mean, I watch that stuff all the time. Um, and some of them I get really mad at for what they say, and others I laugh at them because I'm like, nobody would ever listen to that, but people do. Yeah. Um, and the problem is, is just the big picture of it. The IRS says you, if you create a co- don't create a company just to take a deduction. IRS says that you have to have a profit motive for this company. Um, and, and, again, um, there's an individual who – how do I say it nicely, um, has maybe about $800 of revenue, but has a plane that they want to ride off. Um, it's a hobby. It is not a business. Um, and, and he's adamant. He's like, well, I have my licenses. I have all this stuff. I get that. I, I totally get that. But if you have $800 in revenue and you got a $150,000 plane, it's a hobby. It's not yeah. a business. It's not a business. And if you try to ride that off, the IRS, if they ever see that, will eat you alive on that one. So they'll say it's, it's a hobby. <laughs> and there are plenty of things out there for you to take advantage of. Just go see Jeff and sit down. And, you know, I'm the king of, you know, harebrained ideas, <laughs> you know. And I talk to my sister. She's, you know, she's really good Such at Such a straight. <laughs> yeah, I talk to Jeff. My sister's the one that used to do my taxes until I got married and we had a kid and we, you know, started a, a renting out a beach condo. But then it just got too, you know, yeah, much too for crazy. her to do yeah. for free anymore. Yep. And she said, why don't you go find somebody to do your taxes? <laughs> and I, so I found Jeff. Um, but every time I tell her my ideas, every time I tell Jeff my ideas, they all buckle under the sheer weight of actual math. Yes. Because math always wins, and I don't know how to do it. Yes. So go to Jeff with the harebrained ideas, <laughs> but he'll tell you this is what is in the actual law. And this is what you can actually take advantage of. Exactly. And remember, that's, that's where those, those guardrails come into play. As long as you stay within the guardrails, you're perfectly fine. Nobody's going to say a word to you. They, they may reach out every once in a while and question stuff. That's, I get that. That's what they're but supposed to do. We've got documentation to exactly. back that up. You can back it up. They go away quickly. But when you jump over those guardrails and you're off into the weeds, it's a whole other ballgame. And that's what you don't want to do. Because, again, Big picture, I say this seriously, COVID, pretty much IRS shut down. I mean, they, they literally were working from home just like everybody else, um, and now they're coming back. When they come back online, 
and, and I say in a normal world, they're going to come back with a vengeance. Um, and there will be the audit rates will skyrocket and they will back up to the tax return that you did three years ago and say, how'd you do that? Why'd you do that? And if you don't have documentation and you're crossing your fingers hoping you slip through, you'll probably get caught yep. and then you're going to pay penalties and interest rolling forward. So, yep. So do the right thing, do yes. your taxes, but don't pay any more than you absolutely have to keep more of what's yours. That's the name of the show. That's the name of the book that Jeff wrote. And that's the name of the lifestyle we espouse here. Keep more of what's yours. Pay your fair share in taxes, but not a penny more. Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group. 636-394-5524. Call today. Get an appointment on the calendar. Go to the appointment. Bring a couple of uh, paycheck stubs and, you know, the last couple of years of taxes. And Jeff can start eyeballing things and say, there's there's a couple things we can do here. Yes. You know? Yes. Just Answer a couple questions and find out, you know, there's a little bit more you could be doing tax-wise to keep more of your money. We're going to go to a commercial break, and when we come back, your 401K, what are the penalties to take it out early, and can the government take it when you go bankrupt? We'll find out on Keep What's Yours on the Big 550 KTRS. Keep What's Yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Supal. Back on the show, back to Keep What's Yours. And Jeff, let's just get right into it. Your 401k. Everyone always has so many questions about these things because yes. they're complicated. They're very complicated animals. Um, you know, like when I retire, how can I take it out? When can I start taking it out? When am I going to get dinged? Uh, how do I take it out? The biggest question, how do I take it out with the least taxes possible? <laughs> you know, that's a whole that's a whole, whole other scenario. It's a yes. month worth of shows. Yes, yes. Um, but the the question that I had uh, today coming in here, and we'll get into actually taking it out when you want to take it out or taking it out when you might need to take a loan from it. But can the government take it when you go bankrupt? Well, t- it depends on what your bankruptcy is, for starters, and it gets that gets more into a legal scenario. But technically, yes, um, they could force you to cash that out, pay the tax on it to pay your debt. Um, or in some cases, they'd let you sit, depending upon you know, I guess really the math within your bankruptcy case. So um, in, in some states, it's it's clear from creditors where they can't touch it. Um, in some states, an IRA. So you'd think a 401k, 401ks would be safe. The IRAs are not safe. So the question, this is a, it's a, a I'll say a financial planning slash legal scenario um, which I'm not an, an attorney, um, but in some cases, some people will say, roll over your 401k when you retire to an IRA. Um, and then from a claims of creditor standpoint, that IRA could be subject to the claims of creditor where your 401k could not. Interesting. Yeah. So it gets into more of a legal twist in the big financial planning picture. But let's, you know, let's not go bankrupt in the first exactly. place. Yeah. But, you know, try not to. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking, <clears> it's like, if you went bankrupt and you lost everything, and could you still say, but I still got have my retirement account? Mm. Yeah, but I've seen a couple cases where they were forced out just due to, I mean, they basically started from scratch all over. Um, everything got liquidated, and they had to work their way back up, paid tax on it, and went forward from there. So, again, depends upon the situation and also depends upon the state that you're in, too. And when it comes to, um, you know, 
going bankrupt. I don't know anything about it. I don't know how it works, but I know that sometimes some of your debts just kind of go poof. Um, but does uh, I heard that student loan debt never goes away yeah. and tax debt. Tax debt. They're the two. Um, even the student loan, which just is crazy, if the student passed away, there's cases out there where they went after the parents and said, hey, you know, your son just passed away, but you owe us 50 grand. Oh, for my gosh. Oh, yeah. I mean, now the new rule basically states that in the event of the student passing, that the debt is resolved and no one has to write checks for it, which is about, I mean, that should have been day one, mm-hmm. but they didn't. Um, but, yeah. So student loan debt is still federal obligation, and IRS is a federal obligation. Now, they'll work with you. Um, typically, if you're in bankruptcy and you owe tax, your attorney will go petition the IRS, do what's called an offer and compromise to say, you know, again, the late-night commercials were, you know, I owed $800,000 to the IRS, and I settled for $7. That does not happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. maybe in a very rare case, but I don't. I mean, I see those commercials all the yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. It's more like they're going to look at what your situation is, what the tax debt is versus to what they're what you're liquidating. And it, it might be, you know, 50 cents on the dollar, 25. I've seen, I've seen a 20 cent on the dollar. Um, so just totally depends upon that situation. But typically the debt is not relieved completely they go oh don't worry about it you know you don't have to pay us yeah that doesn't Poof. happen <laughs> uh, and but they'll work with you they will you know the big bad IRS there's a whole division that helps get that situated they know you're in a jam they so we need our money but, but we know but you also need to put food yeah, on the table yeah but you have to fill out a uh, probably I think things like a 15 20 page document to the IRS um, they want to know every asset income the whole shoot and match and you can't cheat basically um we've had a, a individual who refused to ex- say that he had a harley um would not put it on the sheet it was his prized possession at the end of the day irs knew that he had this harley and their response from the the irs agent was sell your harley turn it to cash and then we'll talk <laughs> so like did do they come over to your house and they go through no. your closets? What and they do is if they start looking, they'll just— He's got personal property tax that how, he has to pay on that Harley. That's how they picked it up, was yeah. personal property tax. So they went to St. Louis County, scrolled through, said, hey, we see the vehicles and the trailers and the trucks that you have on here, but where's that Harley? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's so interesting. So he wouldn't—he refused, and each time they, the IRS rejected it and said it was incomplete. Um, and I kept looking at it going, well, how's that? I mean, if you looked at it, it looked completed. The thing missing was the Harley. Yep. I mean, it was like a $60,000 Harley. So mm. the, the response to the IRS agent or his response was sell it, we'll talk, which means sell it, whatever you get cash for is enough to pay what that tax debt is, and we'll call it even because you'll pay it off. <laughs> Jeff, I need you to store this Harley in your garage for a couple of weeks. Under that circumstance, absolutely never. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sweating it out with the IRS. Yeah. But they'll, I mean, it's not like they came over to the house and no, looked for it. No, no, they no. found it in tax they, returns. That's what their job is, to go hunt it down, look for personal property tax, maybe go to St. Louis County, pull what your your you know property tax receipt or roster looks like, all that good stuff. So, And one of the things I like to do on the show is to say, you know, we don't have to be scared about paying taxes, okay? This is just it's part of doing business in the greatest exactly. country uh, yeah. on this earth. Um, so... We will pay our taxes, 
but not a penny more than, more what, than what we you have to. Legally obligated to. And and don't try to hide from the government because they have ways of finding mm-hmm. you. They will track you down. Just do it the right way, and you know sometimes take your medicine. Yeah, I always say this when the when the deadline's coming up for tax, April fifteenth or whatever it happens to fall on, don't bury your head in the sand no. and say, "Oh, I'm going to pretend I don't owe taxes this year because <laughs> I, I don't have money to pay them." Set up a payment plan with them because exactly. burying your head in the sand. Yes, it would be like the IRS is standing there next to you with your head in the sand and a clock running going. I mean, we're still going to be here when you come up. Exactly. Well, most people are like, well, if I just I just won't do it, and then what takes place is they don't know the tax that I owe. And after COVID, it's probably true, um, just because you kind of fell off the roster. But what will take place is when you file your return, most people are like, oh, the minute that I file, they're like, oh, don't file that until I figure out how to pay it. It's like, just file it. Used to be in the past, if you had a tax debt of twenty five grand or greater, that within old school IRS within two weeks they file the tax lien on you period boom the the trick today is is when they file tax liens it doesn't go on your uh, credit report so it's there but it's not on your credit report it actually a of the credit reporting agency there's the consumer reporting side and they reach out and look for you know like any tax debt any uh, you know maybe lawsuits that you have going or anything like that that's where they'll pick it up on is the consumer side not the credit report itself used to be blatant on there you know no questions asked you couldn't borrow five bucks if your life depended on it when you had that Um, and in today's environment they've set it to the side it's it's important but it's not as important as what it was Mm -hmm. but again the the irs is not you know within two weeks they're not dropping the hammer on you so even if you filed your return got everything caught up figured out what your tax bill is and started chunking money at them, they'll work with you. Yep. So, and uh, you just brought up a lien. Um, can they put a lien on your four hundred one k? Going back to four hundred one k, can't really put it on a four hundred one k, but they can put it on you personally. So there's there's a couple of things with the IRS that uh, really freak people out. First one's a, what's called a levy. The levy is where they levy an asset. They go take it. Um, so what they say, this guy's hardly. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> typically what a levy is, is they'll send you some notices and, the, uh, you know, you'll go through this process and there'll be intent to levy. Um, and then one day, poof, they just literally reach in your bank account and take your money. So whatever you have in a bank account, they reach in and grab, pull it out and you're done. So what they'll do is they'll apply that to the tax debt. That gets your attention. That's what's called a levy. But it's a one shot at your bank account um, or maybe an asset sitting out there. But typically 401ks, I'll say, are off limits because it depends upon what state you're in, whether or not it could be levied or whether it's it's exempt. Um, so that's the first step of the process. It, that does seem to be the more scary. Oh, yeah. People options. freak out about that. Um, <laughs> really freak. We usually get that frantic freaking out phone call, you know. Uh, but that's after multiple. Well, used to be today. It's a little. Is that like garnishing wages? Same thing. Yeah. They, but it's not a garnishment. It's not saying, hey, you will send us this money. It's we're taking it. We're going to take it. And they it's literally, no notice. Will they zero out your bank account? I mean, guys zero it out. Eat. Yeah, they don't care. They'll zero. Okay. They'll get your attention. Okay. So that, that gets your attention, gets you talking to them. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and again, hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should Noticed talk. I yeah. have no money anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so that, that, that's the start of it. 
And then typically, if you don't respond after that, I mean, depending upon the what's going on, it's 30 to 60 days after that to drop a lien on you. Um, but again, that's I, I don't want to say that's old school IRS, but that's pre-COVID scenarios. The problem is, is the IRS is backlogged today. You don't see it that frequently like that. I mean, you'll see the notices to uh, notice to levy, but you don't really see anything happen um, just because they're so backlogged. That's not saying that as this money gets put in play for them and they get back on track, um, <clears throat> you know, that they don't go back to the old school scenarios. And that's what people are really afraid of the IRS for. Yeah. And I don't blame them. <laughs> uh, but when you talk about your 401k and maybe the government makes you liquidate part of it to pay off a tax bill or something, yes. what are the what hits do you take? They say, oh, don't take out of your 401k early. You're, you're yeah. going to get penalized. So under 59 and a half, there's a 10% penalty. So if you took $1,000 out of your 401k. Because the government wants you to save that money for your for retirement. retirement. Not if you take it out early. To buy a car or it's house. Not, or, yeah. It's not what they gave it to you for. <laughs> exactly. It's long term. It's to create your retirement income. So if you took 1000 bucks out. That's 10%. 10%. $100 just in a penalty alone. And that penalty isn't deducted. That 10% penalty is not deducted from your, your withdrawal. And then I have to pay taxes on the thousand, not on nine hundred. Exactly. Wow. And so the ten, oh, they really found a good way to, oh, to yeah. really get you. The ten percent though doesn't show up. So if you go, hey, I'm going to take money out of my four hundred one k, and I'm going to withhold twenty percent federal and five percent state, so that's twenty five percent of your thousand bucks. Um, so you get seven fifty in your pocket. Two fifty is given away to the federal government and the state of Missouri. The problem is, is that $1,000 shows up on a 1099 at the end of the year. The 10% penalty is imposed on your tax return, mm. not on the withdrawal. So a lot of people forget about it until they do their tax return, and then they're like, whoa, what happened? And that's the 10% penalty coming to life on the tax return itself. So you may have the math calc correctly on the 1099 tax withholding, but you got to add an extra 10% okay, to it when it hits your return. for you. Yeah. Um, so that's, but can't people take loans from their yes. 401k? So you can take Is there either, a way to do it responsibly? Um, there, there are. I mean, I've seen some situations where it's worth it, and I've seen situations where it's not worth it. Um, but basically, you ha- it, again, depends upon the administrator of your 401k. Some will allow it, some will not. Some, if you want to take a loan, might charge you 50 bucks, and that's administrative fee. But typically, it's $50,000 or 50% of your account balance, whichever is less. So if you had 150 in your 401k, you could get 50 grand easy. The trick is, is it's paid back over five years. And the biggest risk that you run is what if you lose your job in the process of that as you go forward, paying it back. Problem is, is you got to come up with whatever your balance is to pay it back in full, to not pay tax on it, or pay tax on it. <laughs> yeah. So if you're not expecting a layoff and you just got a, you know, did a $20,000 loan on your 401k, boom, 20, you either have 20 grand floating around someplace that you could pay it back with and it's not taxable or you eat the tax on the 20 grand. Hmm. So what, what is, what about job switching? You know, you lose your job, even you if, don't have any income. Even if it's not your control, it doesn't matter if you are terminated service from that employer, which would terminate service with that plan. It's you, you get 60 days to pay it back basically. And that's it. Oh, I, so I got to pay it back. If I oh, jump yeah. jobs. Yeah. 
and then I can transfer everything. Back. And then once you pay it back, you could transfer everything to your new 401k or transfer it to an IRA, whatever you want, or roll it over to an IRA, whatever you wanted to do. Is it hard to transfer your 401k when no. you move jobs? Simple. It is. Typically a phone call, tell them where you want it to go, that you're aware of the tax consequences if you take possession of it, um, and poof. The funny part is people really panic and, and – there's to today there's still some uh, I'll call them administrators of 401ks that literally will cut a check so you roll over six hundred thousand dollars they will cut a check and mail it to the client really and people are like what <laughs> they do it still that's made out to a, a separate trustee nobody could really cash that mm-hmm. even if they did there'd be a 30-day hold on a six or seven hundred thousand dollar check uh, but it's just funny that they'll mail it, and we think nothing. That's like old, old, actually old school. using dollars. Yes. Yeah. The check show, it takes. I need like to transfer my four my, days to show up, yeah, and people 401k, are like they're wheeling money yeah, out. Well, they got this check, and they're calling. They go, "It just showed up in the mail. I'm on my way right now." <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah. Um, but you know, with companies and everything, um, what if I move companies and I never switch my 401k? You could technically leave it there. <clears throat> Some if it's under twenty five hundred bucks or I'm not getting a paycheck from them anymore, no. so it's not growing. But remember, the employer is paying a probably per head, um, you know, per head count of employees, a fee annual fee to hold you in that position. So some will politely ask you to move it. Yeah, hey, um, get out of here because <laughs> they don't want to pay the cost of it anymore, sure. and or have the liability for it since you're not an employee. But there's no no IRS rule or or any rule that says you have to roll it over immediately. Um, typically, if it's in a decent plan, even though you're at a different job, you could leave it there. Yeah. Uh, if your fees are low and it's making you money, um, just the fact of it's out of sight, out of mind. A lot of people don't pay attention to it until the markets, you know, implode one day, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, I got that 401k out there. I forgot about it." Yeah. You know, and it's too late. So. Uh, all right. So taking a loan out from your 401k, it sounds risky, um, but. Have you seen people do it that that was probably a good idea that they did that? Yeah. And have um, you seen people do it where, oh, my God, you should not have ever done that? Yeah, buy a car. <laughs> That's a bad one. <laughs> or loan other people money from money that you borrowed from the 401k. That's a bad That's one. That's a terrible one. Um, but uh, paying medical debt, I've seen that where they got to go get something done or somebody in the family does borrow it, pay it. Um, and then basically using it to buy a car is I'd say borderline terrible, mm-hmm. um, and our tax debt. Yeah, tax debt is okay. Because it's okay to pay because it's better to take a loan and owe your 401K and run the risk on that side than it actually is to deal with the IRS and pay them interest and penalties because you haven't paid your tax. And now that you owe them money, but you also owe them interest, you also yes. owe them penalties. So that's a debt that you want to pay off and remember as the, soon as you can. The, I think the rolling – Rolling tab on a quarter for interest rates with the IRS currently is like 7.15 quarterly. Ooh. Ooh. So it's not in the past. And again, I say this, IRS will smack me. But in the past, we we're like, hey, it's like 1.2% a quarter. It's not that big of a deal. You could probably make money someplace else. Ride it to the last day, then pay the debt. You know, today, pay the debt. Don't Don't play any games with it mathematically you can't make that in the open market enough to offset the interest that you're going to pay the IRS on that money. Yeah. So. All right. Pay your debts. That's kind of the answer here. 
but especially when it comes to the IRS, they'll find you. That they will. <laughs> you can't hide that motorcycle underneath no. those old paint cans. Nope, they, they knew right where it was. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They really did. So um, just things to keep in mind. You can take a loan from your 401K, but consult somebody before you yes, do it. Yes, definitely consult somebody just to make sure that you're doing it correctly because um, a lot of it is self-help today. Um, and again, I, you know, the fidelities and the TDs of the world, there's really nobody to talk to. Yeah, right. They'll force you to go online, press the buttons, poof, you're done. Then the bad effect of it is, the other side effect of it is, typically the dollars that you borrow go into like a, a temporary account. So you're really not getting the advantage of the market if you borrowed all your money out of your 401k. Yeah. So. Well, if you need to talk to a professional about it, I got one here for you. His name is Jeff Zufall. Yes. <laughs> and we've been talking to him here all show. 636-394-5524. 636-394-5524. Senior tax strategist and wealth advisor with Capital Advisory Group. CapitalAdvisoryGRP.com. We'll go to commercial break and when we come back. The Masters Rule. What's that all about? That sounds like fun. You know, yeah. golf in Augusta. <laughs> Be real we'll, nice. We'll get into that right after this. Keep What Yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Supal. Back on the show, and really quickly, before we run out of time today, Jeff Supal, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group 636-394-5524. If you need somebody to walk you through all your 401k questions that we just had, and we probably brought up a ton of questions yes. on the text line. <laughs> oh, well, what about this? What if I take my money after that? Da, 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 da. Talk to a professional, and his name is Jeff, 636-394-5524. You were telling me about the master's rule down in Georgia. This is fun. Yeah, so there is a rule out there. been out there for a long time. It's the master's rule. So what it says is you could rent your home to anyone for 14 days, and you do not have to pay tax on it. And this seems really <laughs> odd that this would come into play when everybody likes to go down to Augusta, Georgia yes, for the week or two leading up the to masters. the Masters. Yes. And they rent out these beautiful homes and people pay them top dollar top for it. Top dollar. And somebody probably said, hey, we're getting dinged with a lot of taxes. Somehow they were able to, or maybe our, some of our beautiful uh, Congress people, our senators, Lived belong down there, there. Yes. <laughs> and said, hey, every two weeks we run our house for you know $50,000. We want to do that without paying tax on it. And they carved off their own rule. Typical political. Yes, probably that's how it happened. <laughs> but in today's environment, you literally can. There's a, the Augusta rule out there. You could rent your house for 14 days to somebody, and you don't have to pay tax on it. It's a real rule. The problem is, is the IRS has now caught wind of this. And with the Airbnbs kicking in, um, I think they said like in Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, I forget what the number was. It was like 35 or 40 percent of the, an entire neighborhood was Airbnbs. So an Airbnb could go, wait, I could use that rule. And 14 I don't have days. 14 days. I don't have to pay tax on my rent. So the IRS is scrutinizing this and it is actually under uh, review as we speak. The odds are they're either going to revamp it completely or do away with it totally. Well, look, it's like these old, you know, southern Georgia muckety muck. Oh, whoa, ripped yep. our houses out <laughs> and get a nice tax break from yeah. the government. Uh, yeah, well, you put it in there. And, exactly. Uh oh, the rest yeah. of us caught have wind caught of on, it, and they're using it. And now we can use it. Let's yeah. do it. So, so if you, I mean, if you lived on a golf course and you rented your house to, you know, the, the, for a, a tournament or some event. 
um, house around Norwood Hills when they had the seniors come in. Um, you know, and you rented your house to them. You got 14 days. You don't have to pay tax on it. It's legit. IRS can't say a word to you. But if you live in the middle of suburbia um, and you just rented your house for 14 days because um, you technically the way the rule states, you don't have to pay tax on it, but it is going to get scrutinized. Mm. And, ma- and maybe even pulled back. But it's a cool rule out there. It's been out there for a while. It's a fun mixture of political backdoor yes. dealing, <laughs> self-dealing between rich yeah. people and, and politicians oh, yeah. and the rest of us starting to catch on and oh, trying yeah. to use it for ourselves. And there, and in some of the cases in Augusta, I think seriously, some of the houses that are surrounding the club itself, the golfers themselves, they literally, the, the owners of the house have their houses emptied. Literally, they have a moving company come in there like they were moving out. They move everything out. They put stage it with some furniture, and then the professional golfers come in and bring their own entourage, and that's where they stay for like a week or two. I weeks. mean, they can make fifty grand, a hundred thousand dollars doing this. And exactly, you know, you, how much would you have to pay tax on that? That well, would be I mean, regular be, income. Right? Be regular rental income. You'd have to do it on Schedule E. You'd have no expenses. It'd be all taxable to you. So mm. depending upon what your tax bracket is. So these uh, people were huge. saving 30-something percent. Sure. Easy. Easy, um, just with this rule. The new rule, Jeff, is going to be only gentlemen, <laughs> southern gentlemen with mustaches and, yes. and big have white to, hats. Have can, to be in a certain zip code in you know, Augusta, yeah. Georgia or yeah, something yeah. of that we effect. We need to narrow it down so or, that everybody. Around golf clubs or something <laughs> of that effect. So, yeah. Well, and we'll see if that one can actually get passed. Yeah, you know, we'll maybe, see. Maybe the feds will be like, this. you guys made this too specific this yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's it's very vague, but it's out there. So literally, you know, take it and run with it. <laughs> All right, that was a fun one, Jeff Zupal. This show was a fun one. Thank you so much. Thank you. Talking four hundred one ks, and even uh, in the first segment, that home office. If you've got a home office and you work from home, but you work for a company and you're not a, a self employed, yeah, it's going to be tougher to take those deductions. Yes, yeah. unless if unless they adjust the rule. And again, you got to realize. All of Trump's tax cuts sunset in 2025. So whoever wins 24, their hands played automatically that they have to adjust tax law. Not that they want to. They have to the way that it was designed. But hey, so there'll be a ton of tax law, law changes in 2025. But in the meantime. Oh, yeah. Meantime. <laughs> we know we we know the guardrails and we just have to stay with inside of them and try to keep as much money in our pockets, in our savings accounts, in our 401ks in our hands, yes. rather than going out to the federal government, and Jeff can help you do that. 636-394-5524. And the biggest takeaway for me for this show this week, Jeff, was that you go into Jeff's office thinking that you've got a bunch of deductions in hand, and he'll <laughs> tell you, those are bogus. Yeah, we can't take those. But what you never even thought about is something that you could probably take advantage of because exactly. we don't read the tax code. I don't know what's actually in it. Yeah. But Jeff does and he says, throw those receipts away. <laughs> we'll actually get you set up with something that can actually, actually help, you. help you out and keep more of your money, and you walk away happy. 636-394-5524, capitaladvisorygrp.com. Jeff Zufall, thank you so much. Thank you. We'll see you next week. You betcha. You've been listening to Keep What's Yours with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zupal, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Manager at Capital Advisory Group. To learn more, call 636-394-5524 or visit capitaladvisorygrp.com.